the poet laureate of rock and roll, the voice of the promise of the 60s counterculture, the guy who forced folk into bed with rock, who donned makeup in the 70s and disappeared into a haze of substance abuse, who emerged to find Jesus, who was written off as a has-been by the end of the 80s, and who suddenly shifted gears and released some of the strongest music of his career beginning in the late 90s. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Each and Every Door, an educational podcast about Bob Dylan, religion, and spirituality. Here are your hosts, Malcolm Gold and Jay Case. Hi, this is Jay. Welcome to episode 19. I just need to make a little message here at the beginning to say that uh, this episode is actually a continuation of episode 18, which we recorded and published earlier, but that episode got kind of long. And so to uh, give our listeners a bit of a break, uh, I guess, we have divided that episode up into two sections, uh, episode 18, which is published, and now episode 19. Also, eh, it enables us to publish one episode in January and one in February because eh, once the spring semester starts, both Mal and I get kind of busy with uh, semester work. I, I don't know. All these papers keep coming in from students and we have to grade them. I don't know how that happens. Anyway, we're picking up here in the middle of a conversation we had about going to a Dylan concert in November of late 2021 and comparing uh, that Dylan concert to several other rock groups that were giving farewell tours in late 2021. So from here, we go to a conversation with Malcolm and me. Enjoy. I didn't read you the yep. Kiss review. But... Oh, you didn't? Okay. <laughs> it's a very strange relationship, isn't there, with um, Bob Dylan and Kiss? Have you noticed? I know that this is a little bit of an aside, oh. but all of that, that strange reference to Kiss in... Martin Scorsese's last documentary on the oh. Rolling Thunder review. Do you recall That's right. that? That's right. And now it was I... all. It was now we know better now. There, there was really nothing to it. Sharon Stone apparently was wearing a Kiss T-shirt, and of course, you know, Dylan kind of um, supposedly commented on that. But then we find out that Sharon Stone was never in the story at all, and it was all fictional. It was just Martin Scorsese and maybe Bob Dylan kind of messing around with us. But interesting kind of little connection there, the yeah. idea of well, Kiss. And uh, you remember the, the music video of Duquesne Whistle? Yes, yes. And which tells a little story. And at mm -hmm. the very, very end, there's a scene of Dylan and about four groupies walking down a city sidewalk at night. Yes. And one of them is dressed up as... I don't know, Gene Simmons of uh, Kiss or some, one of the Kiss one members. of those, yes. <laughs> yes, with a... the makeup and the big the big boots and everything, you, you know, yes. Big black curly hair and the, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is just, yes. It's just thrown in there. Some, Which is, yeah. you know, predates Scorsese's, doc. maybe that's yes, part of the reference, does. I don't know. But here's the, here's the similarity, right? Kiss, very popular in the 
in the 70s is also coming to the end, coming to the end of their life as a band and Mm -hmm. have advertised this tour as their farewell tour. Now, I think Mm -hmm. this may be their third farewell tour. Uh, They they (laughs) think they've done it before and they've come back. Mm But what this has in common with all the other ones is that they are playing pretty much what they always played. Here's the here's the quote. Kiss did all their show stoppers. Gene breathing fire, Paul smashing his guitar, Eric doing an epic drum solo and Bruce showing his skills with a guitar, which is, yes. I just want to point out a different kind of review than weight and gravitas, metaphors and myth, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. simmering stew that took the Western canon and turned it inside out. I mean, we're, we're, <laughs> frankly, I, th- I think we're talking about two really different things mm-hmm. here, despite mm-hmm. the strange relationship between Bob Dylan, Sharon Stone and Kiss. Yes, that's right. Yes. Yep. You know. Dylan has moments of rock and roll, but he doesn't tend to rock and roll all night long no. in quite the same way as Kiss. Because and, he has to be on his tour bus heading to another joint. Let's right. Face it. And, yes. and when he's on his tour bus, I, I doubt he's partying every day. No. <laughs> but yeah, real, real big difference there. Now, if you're a fan of KISS and you want a great party time concert, uh, a whoop it up concert, reliving all of those memories and images from the first time you saw KISS, you know, sometime in the 1970s, then fine, fine. You know, that's great. We have band touring giving joy to certain a certain fan base fine but what's happening in a kiss concert is something very very different to what happens in a dylan concert Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. the emphasis shifts as you say that word gravitas something is happening and for so many of us we don't quite get what it is right but isn't that part of the the appeal that isn't that the thing that compels us well you know it's what compels us you know people are compelled by different things and 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 that's kind of the point Mm -hmm. here's a quote from a band member from leonard skinner we miss the people singing the songs and having a good time that's what skinner is all about people want the songs they remember the sung the way they remember performed just you know, like it was back in 1976 right. yes. in these other yeah. ones. Yeah. And Dylan mm-hmm. is not giving that. That's right. And we we also, at this time, I, I don't know if it's finished now, but the those British bad boys, the Rolling mm. Stones, mm-hmm. have just done another leg of um, a tour. And they play massive, massive concerts, don't they? They're yeah. very elaborate stage design, play to, to thousands and thousands of people. And, you know, for two hours, they give people joy and nostalgia and, you know, the same songs that the Rolling Stones are have been playing for years and years. And it's fine, you know, if they give people 
pleasure and people get joy from that music. And of course, many, many thousands do every night going to see him. But we really need to recognize that that what Dylan is doing is is not what the Stones are doing. It's not what Kiss, not what the Eagles are doing. He's doing something very, very different. We don't always know what. <laughs> but, you know, all we have to do is is run down the, I mean, the, the set list idea. Which okay. brings me yeah. to this point. He's, in some ways, maybe not even doing exactly the same thing he's done before. No. I mean, Mm-mm. no. so turn to the set list. What's the biggest hit on that he plays on this latest tour? Would you say? Uh, am I missing one? I'm 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 going down the list mm-hmm. in my mind. I the the <laughs> <laughs> is there a hit? Maybe you can maybe I, ask I, that I question. Mean, I, mean, I mean, he won a Grammy for "Gotta Serve Somebody." Mm-hmm. That's is that the song it. that you would? That's yes, what I would say. Yes. Maybe sleeping in a king size bed, but you'll have to serve somebody. Serve somebody. Serve somebody. Serve somebody. It may be the devil. It It may be the Lord, but you'll have to serve somebody. Yeah. Now, for Dylan fans, for, you know, for Dylan freaks, all of the songs are known. Okay. We, Mm -hmm. you know, watching the river flow. Uh, to be alone with you, got to serve somebody. Obviously, every grain of sand. Mm-hmm. Yes, I mean, but but in the whole kind of expanse of Dylan songs, these none of the songs are hits. None of them are known in the same way as songs like like a Rolling Stone or Blowing in the Wind or The Times They Are Changing or Tambourine Man. It's it's quite yeah. amazing, isn't it? Which to think that he, you would have have that 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 body of work to draw on, and you deliberately don't draw on any of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you do what is immediate to you in your creative journey, in your art. You know, which for Dylan and this tour. Really, the emphasis was the, the, the his latest material, the right. rough and rowdy ways material. And, and, and that's different from his concerts in the previous several decades, I think, in this way, that he always included at least a couple of those big ones, right? Yes, um, yes. All Along mm-hmm. the Watchtower, Like a Rolling Stone, or Ballad of a Thin Man. Those Don't Think Twice. Don't Think yeah. Twice. Those are not on this one. Mm-mm, no, it's it's like more than ever before. I would say his intention is to perform his latest album, his latest collection of 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 work of songs from Rough and Rowdy Ways. That seemed quite obvious to me. Yeah, I th- I mean it doesn't mean that he didn't give his all when he sang gotta serve somebody or particularly every grain of sand or the other songs but you know to have such an emphasis on the songs from 
the new album, I think is really quite indicative of Dylan's using that word again, gravitas as an artist, as someone who really needs to keep moving. Yeah. In his creativity. And really not worrying about whether the audience right. is, yes. is, is going to feel like, oh, I wish he, you know, he's not playing X or Y or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Okay, so mm-hmm. here's another way to think about it. I just looked up top 50 Dylan songs by The Guardian. And, and these aren't necessarily, as I'm looking at this list, these aren't necessarily all highly popular things. There's some ordinary non-Dylan freak people, some songs on here that would be like the groom still waiting at the altar, you know, not familiar to Oh, oh, I love that song. I know, but I, I, I would say, you know, if you ask the average yes, person, yeah. <laughs> do they no, know no, this? No, they're not, they're not, the, they're not going to know that. The only song out of these top 50 that Dylan played on this concert was Murder Most Foul. Oh, which, sorry, he didn't even play that one. No, he didn't <laughs> play that one. It's, it's, from, one. it's from the latest album, but yes. 17 minutes long. I think that may be mm-hmm. the biggest obstacle to him playing it. So he's, he's not playing any of the top hits. The complete opposite no. of the Eagles mm-hmm. or Kiss or, or yes. whoever. Yes, yes. But this doesn't really surprise us, does it? No, we um, mentioned this before. And of course, to, to, to us, it's, it's indicative of a, a deeper motivation for what Dylan is doing. And, and also for what he is now wanting to, in a sense, communicate or how he is wanting to communicate in a live setting. You know, so, we keep coming back to the, the significance of him performing his work on stage. I think this is a very significant point for Dylan. And it just struck me that there is a real urgency in him to want to take these new rough and rowdy way songs out on stage so that he can, in a sense, I don't know, con- continue their constriction or realize their full potential well, give a short summary yeah, or framework I, of what you think he's about well i i think that the sense that i get is that these songs have enduring and poignant meaning behind them i don't understand them all i've listened to these songs a number of times and will continue to do so but like many dylan songs you know, one can only interpret them in in ways that are sometimes, you know, quite subjective to the listener. But I I really feel that that there are some eternal truths that are revealed in some kind of uh, in some of these songs, and that Dylan may not fully understand the implications of all of them himself. I think we've seen that in lots of Dylan's work, but they're important songs because of that and even though we might not and he might not kind of fathom the the real depths of that meaning and those messages there seems to be some kind of urgency and acknowledgement that these songs need to be heard and performed and heard particularly that way i don't know what do you think i think he's thinking about dying well Mm. that that, yeah 
he wants to finish his life well. And and that may be part of the urgency because, yes, <laughs> you know, Lisa mentioned the guy that sat next to us. Um, this was his 42nd Dylan concert. And uh-huh. and he wasn't even from around Pittsburgh. He'd come in from Albany, New York to, to see the concert. And I uh-huh. was asking him why. And he says, you know, he says, look, I'm 74. Dylan is 80. One of us isn't going to be around much longer. So I better get in, better see him while I can. I mean, he had a sense of urgency to. Uh, yes, yes. We're not going to live much longer. And I think Dylan's thinking the same right. thing. I, I'm i reminded of Johnny Cash, actually, who I, who I think at the end of his life. Yes. With slightly different themes or approaches or slightly different style because he's different. He's Johnny Cash mm-hmm. um, was doing the same thing. The albums mm-hmm. he put out, you know, he put out an album called my mother's hymn book and they were all old hymns just johnny cash and his guitar but every single one of those songs had to deal with dying or going to heaven or moving beyond this life in some way Mm -hmm. then when all of life is over and our work on earth is done and the roll is called up yonder i'll be there when the roll is called up yonder, when the roll is called up yonder. And I think that's a theme that came out in a lot of his other final songs that he was writing in the America series. Yes. And mm-hmm. I think Dylan's doing the same thing mm-hmm. with this different style and maybe not as much Orthodox Christianity in it. Right. Yes. No, I, I agree. Or, I although that may be well, just I think, one theme among many, but I but I think that's part mm-hmm. of the urgency. It's my guess. Yes. Course, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. What do we know? But mm-hmm. anyway, that's where I'm thinking. Yeah, I think he started introducing these these kind of themes way back in '97 with "Time Out of Mind." Mm. There are there are certain references and songs in that album. I've been down on the bottom. Of a world full of lies I ain't looking for nothing In anyone's eyes Sometimes my burden Is more than I can bear It's not dark yet Back then, I thought, okay, he's he's looking ahead now. Mm-hmm. He's looking to the reality of his 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 end. But yes, I I see that in in this new album certainly. You know, you think of a, a song like "Mother of Muses." Mm-hmm. She's speaking to me, speaking with her eyes. I've grown so tired. Of chasing lies, mother muses, wherever you are, I've already outlived my life by far. Yeah, and then at the end of the song, he sings. Um, there's, a, there's a few lines in this that really speak to me. 
and really move me. But the last two lines are, got a mind to ramble, got a mind to roam. I'm traveling light and I'm slow coming home. Mm. Free me from sin, make me invisible like the wind. Got a mind to ramble, got a mind to roam. I'm traveling light, and I'm a slow coming home. I mean, that to me, I mean, that it just it speaks to your interpretation there that he's thinking very definitely about his his passing and that his lyrics in this album, I think a number of times reflect that. You know, I've been thinking about the, that, that song, Jimmy Reed as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Goodbye, Jimmy Reed. It's a, it's a strange song. And I mean, I've always kind of thought he's alluding to Jimmy Reed's death, but in a strange kind of way, listening to it recently, it's almost like he's mixing it up and he could be singing about his own death. Tell it in that straightforward puritanical tone In the mystic hours where the person's alone Goodbye, Jimmy Reed Godspeed Thump on the Bible I proclaim a creed who is he actually saying goodbye to? Is he saying goodbye to Jimmy Reed? Is he saying goodbye to, or uh, imagining how some people would say goodbye to him? It's very yeah. interesting. A uh, different kind of interpretation. It need more uh, analysis. But, uh, but this is the thing. This is the, the the wealth that you get with these songs. They open up so many different potential avenues of meaning. But certainly, the the mortality issue. Is right there. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And I I mentioned on a previous episode when we were kind of reviewing Rough and Rowdy Ways, how uh, I Contain Multitudes starts off with reference to the flowers are dying as all things must do, which is Mm -hmm. Psalm 103 and maybe Psalm 90 Mm -hmm. also have that kind of reference but then also um key west key west yeah key west which he also sang absolutely yes yeah yes key west it's just (laughs) that's that is a such a strange song isn't it but again you can't really get away from the idea that he is preparing to embark on a journey Key West is the place to be if you're looking for immortality. Stay on the road, follow the highway sign. Key West is fine and fair. If you lost your mind, you'll find it there. Key West is on the horizon line. So it's a it's a profound song yeah but i'm i'm still discovering so many different ways of of hearing these songs and and you know sometimes i listen to a song from this album and think in one way and then i will it, my mind will go a different direction upon a second listening well see and this is what this is what my wife alluded to so my 
my wife teaches English and history and is a reader. And she mentioned John Donne, for instance, in reference to Bob mm-hmm. Dylan. And I knew that the lyrics would be something that she might be drawn to. But, mm-hmm. you know, she teaches Shakespeare and, and is into poetry. And so what she knows you're talking just this week if you're reading a poem you can't just read it once you have to read it and then come back to it and read it again come back to it again and yes read it again. yes and, and and you come back to it and suddenly there are more and more dimensions and levels and things that you didn't see to it mm-hmm. in it the first time that's that's what's going on with dylan for those who are able to uh-huh. you know slow down and spend some time with the, yes. with the lyrics and the words, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, yeah, there, the, know, when, this, when this, will we know, have exhausted know, you know, the meaning of uh, song on rough and rowdy ways, let alone the I entire know. album? It's going to be food for a long time for us. It is. It is. But in the meantime, although obviously we've been talking about the idea of mortality, interestingly, first leg of this tour is complete. And instead of the never-ending tour being advertised on the Dylan website, we have the Riff and Rowdy Ways tour that they bill as a worldwide tour running from 2021 2024 i've never known a concert run to be given a time frame like that not a dylan one anyway well uh, let me back up a little bit about the uh, the never-ending tour when mm-hmm. did that phrase first emerge in reference well, to dylan's it was... touring it was informal well, before it was formal right Yes, yeah. Now, people talk about it actually starting in 1988, which is a long time ago now. And I'm not sure if it was given that designation then, but but shortly thereafter, this term, this phrase, the never-ending tour, started to be, you know, used by different agents, you know, whether that be you know, uh, promoters or Dylan's management, but it was alluded to uh, shortly thereafter. And that has been the the general designation of all Dylan tours since then. It's just one big tour. It's, yeah, it has different legs. It doesn't run, you know, the whole time, but that is the never-ending tour. But, it, but so, it so it's significant. It's significant. Yeah, and that's, in Dylan's yeah. life for several decades, right? The end of the Scorsese yes. Yes. Uh, documentary, mm-hmm. they list, you know, yeah. the Rolling Thunder tour, and then they go through everything up to the point of that documentary, which mm-hmm. is just a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And you are hit with dates and places over and over yep. and over and over and over and over <laughs> and over. It's that, you know, the screen rolls. It just goes on yep. and on and on, mm-hmm. all the way up to when the pandemic hit. Yes. And then yeah. everything stops. Like so much. Everything in, stops. In live entertainment, everything stopped. And yep. it starts up again this fall. And we've got this new designation. Yes, yeah, the Riff and Rowdy Ways tour. 
no mention of the never ending tour and like i mentioned uh, actual years <laughs> that the tour will run and what do you make of that well of course as as dylan freaks we we notice those kinds of signals and differences to the norm so of course you know the obvious question is is this when dylan is considering ending his his touring career 2024 it's possible that's mm-hmm. one possible explanation it, mm-hmm. there may not be a connection there it may just be for some kind of promotional convenience but that is the the kind of obvious idea that that many people would be thinking and who knows maybe maybe we'll get to 2024 and dylan will say oh no i'm Maybe a few more years. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, like certain movies, there is sort of a sense that you're open to the sequel if it yes, should so yes, play out. Yeah. I mean, the fact that you have 2024 as an end date doesn't preclude a different no. name of a tour after no. that. But it is so interesting that it's so far out in some respects. Yes, it it's, is. It it's, is. It's not I mean, the... I, usual pattern of fall of one year through about may of the next that's right yes so we we will have to see i just hope that he comes along our way again before we reach the end yeah (laughs) and that and that we're still around for all of that i mean the wisdom the way things are going he's he's outliving a lot of his fans (laughs) i know he is. He you is. know, kind of a funny comment with that guy next to me. Well, you know, it's either him or me pretty soon here. So I think there's a lot of people mm-hmm. that are thinking similar sort of ways, which uh-huh. may be why they are there. I mean, maybe a lot of them are right along with Dylan and thinking about these issues. Yep. So. And I think maybe with some of these songs, that's what he is wanting us to think about. He is. None of us younger yeah yeah he's the enemy of the unlived meaningless life meaningless life yes yeah wow well i think on that note that's a good note to maybe wrap up for this podcast all right the enemy he's the enemy of the unknown unlived meaningless life yeah all right. Well, yeah profound we'll leave it at that thank you mr something to kind of okay think about so Till okay. next time, great talking to you, Mal. Till next time, Jay. You take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, uh, just a note on the musical clips that you heard in this episode, in case you're curious. The first one, uh, Gotta Serve Somebody, comes from the uh, Bob Dylan Trouble No More Bootleg Series, Volume 13, Disc 2, uh, Gotta Serve Somebody, which was recorded live in San Francisco and. 1979. Second clip is Johnny Cash when the role is called up yonder from his album, My Mother's Hymn Book. Then we had a clip from Not uh, from Time Out of Mind, uh, the song Not Dark Yet. And then the last three clips, well, four actually, there were two from Mother of Muses from Rough and Rowdy Ways, then one from Goodbye Jimmy Reed, from Rough and Rowdy Ways, and one from Key West, from Rough and Rowdy Ways. Mel and I think that if you haven't listened to that album, you ought to get your hands on it and listen to it. 
and look at the lyrics and then listen to it again several times. We think it would be well worth your while. It certainly is for us. All right. Thanks.